it is estimated that by 2050 there will be more plastics than fish in the ocean. So we will be swimming among plastics, so we will lose our pristine ecosystems. Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, a new podcast brought to you by the UN Conference on Trade and Development. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at plastic pollution and how the world is drowning in it. At least 10 million tonnes of plastic end up in our oceans every year. The plastic bags, bottles and food wrappers that we use for just a short time can take many decades to break down. In the meantime, millions of animals are killed by plastic pollution each year as they get entangled or strangled. And microplastics have been found in many marine creatures, including ones that we eat. Joining me now to find out what we can do about it is David Vivas, a lawyer at the Trade and Environment Branch of UNCTAD. David's committed to saving the environment and has just finished converting his home to solar energy. He's also cutting down on the amount of plastic he uses. Well, welcome back again, uh, David, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. Where does all this plastic come from and how does it get into our oceans? Plastic was developed in the 20th century and it was very successful. We have become addicted to it. We produce more than 400,000 tons of plastics every year. Of these 400,000 tons, 76% becomes waste. We are being overwhelmed by the amount of waste and our capacities to deal with it are becoming increasingly difficult. Most of these plastics arrive to the ocean through dumping sites, rivers, uh, used water channels, uh, by communities, cities dumping uh, garbage and plastics at the shores, and this is accumulating in the oceans. Would you say the problem is worse in some parts of the world, or is it fairly universal? It is universal, but it is worse in countries that have low recycling and low waste management capacity. This is very typical of developing countries. They always have a problem in recycling. For example, just to compare, developed countries have a 50% recycling capacity on plastics. Developing countries, in the best case scenario, have between 10 and 12%. Some of this waste is just left in dumping places. Some other types is burned at open air and pollutes the air, the soil, and the water. So we need to help developing countries for these problems because waste is becoming everywhere. It's found everywhere now. Even in small atolls in the Pacific, you find plastic bottles. Is it really possible then for manufacturers and also consumers to end the addiction to plastic, as you called it? It is possible, but it will imply a big change. We need to reduce production and reduce consumption of plastics, especially hazardous ones. We need to produce plastics or use plastic materials in products that can be reused and not just dumped. Single-use plastics is not good for health of the planet. We need to increase capacities to recycle and to manage waste everywhere, particularly in developing countries. And the new proposal by ONTAG is we need to move from plastic and polymer materials to nature-based materials, materials that can be biodegradable, compostable, or recyclable. So we need to start changing the way we produce and we consume and go back to nature. Well, recycling sounds great, but how many places just don't or can't do it right now? 
And how do you create the attitudes and incentives to make it effective? We need to heavily expand the recycling capacity. Uh, the recycling is a solution after you have polluted. The first line of solutions is always prevent. Mm. Reduce, reuse. And then the increase in finance and investment for recycling all over the world, not only for plastics, but all the materials we currently use. There are different types of incentives. There are what are called negative incentives, which include bans, taxes, tariffs, uh, produced and extended responsibility, meaning the producer needs to capture the cost of disposal and recycling, but also you have positive incentives, paying for the supply of recycled material to recycling points, but also you can, again, invest, provide subsidies, finance, and capital to increase the capacity to recycle and dispose in a way that is sustainable. What will happen to the oceans if we don't reduce our plastic waste? It's going to be a very difficult situation. It is estimated by, that by 2050, there will be more plastics than fish in the ocean. So we will be yeah. swimming among plastics. And all the chores everywhere in the world will show signs of pollution. So we will lose our pristine ecosystems. The ecosystems have a capacity to absorb human activity and the effects of human activity. But there is a moment that they cannot keep up with the amount of garbage, pollution, emissions, we generate. Mm. There is a need that we start heavily curbing this process in all senses, in emissions, in pollution, in biodiversity loss. So ecosystems have a chance to recover and provide the services we all need, from oxygen to clean water. There is certain capacity in the oceans to recover, but the first solution is stop polluting, trying to capture the amount of waste that goes into the ocean each year. Many countries are setting Filters are setting nets in canalization systems at rivers to try to stop that pollution to reach the oceans and the shores. Uh, also, there are many initiatives, especially by civil society, that are very welcome to develop cleaner boats and trying to recover plastic in beaches uh, using mainly the will of citizens, which is wonderful. Uh, but a lot of the plastic that is absorbed by the oceans is going to the bottom and we cannot recover it anymore. So we are paying the bill for polluting so much. Well, during COVID, the lockdowns and shutdowns gave nature a bit of a break, didn't they? But that's not true for plastics, is it? Yes, the lockdown measure generated a positive effect on the amount of emissions. So we gave a break to nature. But in other areas, the situation was worse, particularly on solid waste and plastics. Due to the lockdown, a lot of medical material was needed to prevent the spread of the disease, such as masks, gloves, etc. And at the same time, many people start buying more and more uh, online. And mm. logistic services imply delivery in packaging, mm. paper, cardboard, plastics. So basically, the amount of solid waste increased by 30% globally. So in one way, it was positive. In another way, yeah. it was negative. The lesson there is that we can substitute plastics in many areas, but our plastic is still very useful in some other areas, such as the production of medical devices and the protection of, of, of food products. This is a real challenge. We can't <laughs> seem to get a break, can we? No, it seems not. <laughs> Well, what can each of us do then to help? We got this year on the UN side a mandate to develop the first ever international binding instruments, hopefully by 2024, to address the issue of plastic pollution all over the value chain, from production to disposal. So the UN is going to act on it 
and try to develop objectives, targets, and implementation mechanisms to address the problem now. So I invite everybody to join that process and contribute with ideas, bring your ceramic mod, avoid the using of plastic, buy in bigger amounts, and bring your own containers that are reusable or recycled. The companies and the enterprises will start seeing what the consumer wants and start shifting the way they are packaging things. Thank you, David. That's UNCTAD's David Vivas, who was today's guest. Tune in to the Weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Thompson, Geneva. Goodbye for now.